Hello, and welcome to Brave Stories, stories by and about children with cancer and the family and friends who love them. Brave Stories is brought to you by Brave the Shave, an organization that provides support to these children and their families when they need it most. This can mean life-saving medicine, rent or car payments, but most of all means being there for the children and their families. Brave the Shave is a community of families impacted by cancer supporting each other through compassion and kindness. Every child is unique, and so is their story. We hope that by listening to these stories of strength, joy, and sorrow, you can be inspired to share the same goodwill in your life. During this first episode of Brave Stories, we're talking to Tanner Olson, the father of Dash Olson, a young boy who has beaten cancer after several years of fighting. Mike Eggle, one of the founders and board members of Brave the Shave, is interviewing him. This is the second part of his interview. Um, one of the things that I've really admired, uh, one, maybe the only thing I've really admired about you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Always got to slide one in there. Get one in there. Um, the way you handled and never forgot, uh, and even when you started out the conversation today, you know, I have two sons. One of the things that you taught me a lesson about was as we work through Brave the Shave, you know, my focus was very much on the uh, the child with cancer. And, you know, it's just pretty tunnel vision. Uh, but you changed that almost immediately when you came and started working with us to uh, expand the focus to the siblings particularly, to make sure that we never forget the rest of the family and how they're impacted. I was wondering if you could just talk about why that's such an important thing to you. Oh, absolutely. This is one of my most passionate topics when it comes to childhood cancer. Um, and I, I think that the, the really, I mean, the core of the reason is we're talking about kids here. We're talking about, um, you know, if, if Mike, God forbid, if, if you were to get a cancer diagnosis and a bunch of people send you presents in the mail, your wife Angie's not going to be jealous. Angie's mm. a grown-up. <laughs> we're not talking about grown-ups. We're talking about kids. And all this attention that gets get that gets uh, uh, put on the child that's diagnosed, and rightfully so, mm -hmm. that child needs their community and the fan, friends and family to circle around them. But their brothers and sisters, they go through their own battle. Number one, you can't blame a brother or a sister that's six years old, eight years old, for being jealous that their seven-year-old brother or sister is getting presents from everybody. Right. I mean, that's what a child, that's what child children do. I mean, it, they're taught fairness and they're taught these things and they don't understand the, the impact that um, this diagnosis is or, or the potential threat of it. Mm -hmm. But also who are our kids as best friends when they're younger, their siblings. So my son, Chas, he is a year and a half older, one year in school. He's older than Dash. His best friend is diagnosed with cancer. He's at an age where he can kind of understand the level, the weight of this. He sees his parents just crushed. Then his parents are putting so much focus on his brother because he needs the medical help. Then we are going to appointments. We made the mistake and 
I say it's a mistake. Other people would, this, you know, that's one thing with cancer. Everybody, everybody's uh, take on this is a, is a little different. So uh, what I, what I'm saying is not gospel. This is what we went through and how these are the takeaways that I went through. We, uh, we wanted to give Chaz as normal of a life as possible. So when we would go to far, we would go to Fargo for multiple days every week for the first six months. And a lot of, in the beginning, we would leave Chaz behind with a friend or trying to make it like a fun sleepover or, you know, he gets to go to school and whatever. And um, did not realize that that was actually doing more harm. Chaz wanted to be with us. He didn't, but he didn't tell us because he didn't want to put the burden on his parents. And he thought that we're just doing what's right and he's going to do what he's told. He ended up having an anxiety attack. In the middle of the night at a friend's house with one of our one of, with his friend's mom um, there to comfort him that he didn't know that well, you know, and that just absolutely broke my heart. It was like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. We got a call and and he was just I mean, I mean, full blown anxiety attack. And ever since then, Chaz came to every single appointment. It didn't matter how much school he missed. More important, the most important thing was for him to be with us. And his brother. And ultimately, there was times Chaz ended up seeing a child psychiatrist just to, just for, you know, emotional mm-hmm. help. Dash didn't. Chaz did. Mm-hmm. Not for very, not for a long time. But he's the one that had to, that got to the point where he needed that. And there's, you know, he goes to school as a second grader or a third grader. Everybody asks Chaz, how's Dash doing? Nobody asks Chaz, how are you doing? Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Every, and pe- people don't mean any ill harm in that. We're all just showing our concern for a child that's diagnosed with cancer. But we don't. We forget about the impact that it's having on their siblings and on their m- mom and dad. But I, I would argue that the, the, if there is one individual that's left in the shadows, it's the siblings. A lot mm-hmm. of people, Mike, you sympathize or... You know, before this, if one of your children was going through this, I would sympathize with that child and you and Angie. Absolutely. As a parent and as a child diagnosed. But what about the other children? Those are the kids that are left. So, um, and we might touch on this later too, but uh, with Brave the Shave, one of the things that we do and we're dedicated to is we don't do anything for the children diagnosed with cancer that we don't do for their siblings. If That's you right. see a Brave the Shave event and you see a ton of kids out on the Bismarck Bobcat ice, they all have their own jerseys, they all have hats, they all get to be out on the ice and meet the players. Those are the kids diagnosed and their brothers and sisters. We treat them the same because they all are going through a battle. And that's that was the change you brought. Like I said, that was a, a, a blind spot that I had. But I tell you, one of the favorite moments of my last year uh, when we did the uh, online 5K, you know, it was kind of crazy. So I'm sitting at this computer uh, watching you guys get lined up for the 5K and uh, and you turn your camera away and there go uh, Dash and Chaz. These two guys, you know, they're just full of bounce, spit and vinegar and they're, they're just going to town and off they go to run. And it was just really touching just to see those guys there. They wanted to figure out how to give back. They wanted to have a good time, and they were just, you know, together and enjoying life. And that was so nice to see. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I often wonder what Dash is going to do when, you know, he's 13 now and talking about things that he wants to do in his future. And he's a very mature 13 year old. Um, he, he knows a lot more about life than I think I do in certain aspects. Um, but I wonder if he, I wonder if what, what he will lead to, if there'll be something with childhood cancer that he partakes in and Chaz, um, Chaz participated in Brave the Shave for five years. He shaved his head. He was one of the leading fundraisers of the, of the whole thing. And, and he was happy to do it. Mm-hmm. He was happy. Yeah. Yeah. That, now that you say that, I, I remember them running away in that 5k and it was almost like, almost like a, a, a photo of, of, of uh, the other side of cancer. The big moment, you know, the big moment is the ringing the bell. And we kind of talked a little bit about the time, three, three and a half years of treatment. Patients finish their treatment. There's a bell and they get to ring it. Maybe talk a little bit about what it meant for you, for Dash, to ring that bell and... Uh, how that came to be. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people don't know about the bell. I, I, I don't think the bell's been around more than seven or eight years, but if you've been, if you'd have on-call or, or cancer touch your family, you'll learn about the bell. Um, I hope you never do. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the bell is something really neat, and I really don't know where it came from or who it came from, you know, uh, but most cancer centers now have this little bell located somewhere and there's a little saying behind it and it says ring this bell three times well it's told to clearly say my treatment's done this course is run and i am on my way so you do not ring that bell until you're done with treatment and you ring it three times loud and proud so it really is a rite of passage it's uh and with dash's treatment three years and three months we walk into roger mayor's cancer center right when you walk in there immediately to your right the bell is right there and we walked by it i honestly i should someday sit down and count up how many visits if i could i don't have i don't could not even tell you how many times we walked by that bell um a hundred times i don't know <laughs> but it was kind of the the uh, forbidden fruit Yes, you don't. You haven't. You haven't got there yet. You don't get mm-hmm. to ring that bell. And so, um, in 2017, when Dash finished his treatment, we made a special trip over to Roger Maris, uh, and uh, we walked in there, and all the nurses came out, and uh, Dr. Kobrinsky came out, and Dr. Anim, his whole oncology team, they all came out, and right out in the waiting room with all the other patients that are waiting out there. Um, so it's a large waiting room. And uh, Dr. Kobrinsky said a few words, and then Dash got to grab onto that rope and wail on that bell three times. It was, uh, <laughs> it's a sound that'll ring through my head forever, Mike. It was, uh, it was just an incredible, incredible feeling. You know, we've talked a little bit about uh, Dash's thoughts. How do you think it's changed, Dash? How do you think this has changed him? You mentioned that you know he's mature for his age. He's obviously faced a lot more than a lot of kids. Um, but how do you think that's changed him for the future? You know, he's uh, he's very in tuned with his body. 
if he feels something is off, he doesn't ignore it, but he doesn't panic. But he will come to me and he'll say, hey, uh, Papa, I, I, I don't, you know, I feel something right here. What is that? And well, okay. Well, actually, okay, for a perfect example, not that long ago, all of a sudden he has a new mole. Okay, we're going to check out that mole. We're not, on, on, I mean, on his request, we're, we're going to get that mole checked out because this is new and I, and I know that moles can be uh, cancerous and we need to find out. Not in a panic way, like I said, but I think a lot of us let a lot of things go with our body that, mm-hmm. that uh, um, not really concerned or uh, doesn't hurt or I'm fine or whatever. Um, Dash is very on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that will be a very good thing for him throughout his life that um, too many things happen to us old fogies because we don't, we, we ignore the symptoms and signs and he was not going to be that way. He'll be a, a person that takes very good care of himself. Um, and, and at the same time, he's probably one of the roughest kids. I, I watch him play soccer and I just cringe because he doesn't run up to the ball and kick it. He runs through the ball and anything around it. Right. So he is, very, he, he's very, uh, very aggressive in that in when it comes to sports and things of that nature but mentally emotionally uh dash emotionally dash has went through so much um that he's very confident in himself i mean it is it is very uh impressive he um doesn't really give a darn what anybody thinks of him he's 13 years old if there's a vulnerable time for all of us to bend to peer pressures or to be uh, worried about other people's thoughts or things, he, he's not. He's mm-hmm. not. I mean, I think he has, he's never come out and said this, but I think it's because he kind of looks at life like, yeah, yeah, I can, I've seen worse. You know, <laughs> I know what bad really looks like. This yep. isn't bad. Or I'm not going to be concerned about this, that, or another thing It's at, within this thing at school. Because I've been through X, Y, Z, and that's way worse. And uh, so I've, I've, I very much admire him with his self-confidence and his uh, maturity in those ways. And it, it comes through when you talk to him. I mean, that level of oh, confidence, it, it's, it's very clear. It is very, very clear. It's very clear. Yep. So... I've I've been impressed so much by the way you have um, managed to take this part of your life and turn it into something of just tremendous value. You have grown to mean so much to these families, uh, your outreach to them, the conversations, the uh, way that you help the family fund move, the instant credibility you bring to the table when you're talking to somebody who's newly diagnosed, that just is such an important and impressive element of the Brave the Shave Family Fund and Brave the Shave. And I just, you know, we don't have to talk about it a lot tonight, but I do want to hear what you think you'd like to see out of Brave the Shave, the future of Brave the Shave, the future for these families. Well, that's a that's a really good question, and I, I appreciate um, I appreciate you saying those words, Mike. It it means a lot. Uh, I, I try to do 
I, I try to do what's best for these families and I try to keep in mind that um, what what would have helped me on day two of Dash's diagnosis and and it's, and I so I have to I have to go back and, and get to that point quite a bit um, but so many people came out of the woodworks to help us I was absolutely blown away there was um, I mean friends that we just barely knew that became best friends there was uh, of course family that was there to help uh, but I mean there was you know the local uh, uh, freedom rider motorcycle group they were unbelievable they were throwing uh, uh, they, they threw a fundraiser for Dash and, and they had a bike run for Dash that was, I don't know, a mile or more long. There was the pink fire truck was out. I just, I couldn't believe how many people came out to help us. And who are we? You know, like, um, it, you expect it out of your friends and family. It is humbling to see it come from an entire community and uh, I guess that that's what um, uh, that, that's what is in my head when I when I what I want to do as much as I possibly can for the families and what I'm what I'd like to see for the future of Brave the Shave is to grow that to grow that community not just in families in in in, in community members helping a family but also a community of moms and dads and brothers and sisters that are going through this so that when there is a new diagnosis you have the support of your friends and your family and your community and then all of a sudden you have this new family this new community of moms and dads that get it that mm -hmm. that they have been there they're going through it or they have gone through it you lock eyes with them and you're looking at lock eyes with another parent that has seen their child receive chemo and the difficulties and the complications that are associated with that is just a whole nother level. So what I would like to see out of Brave the Shave, Brave the Shave, uh, la, or not, not 2020, let's not talk 2020. <laughs> 2020 has been rough. 2020 has <laughs> yeah, been rough. rough for every single fundraiser out there, so we're not alone, but. 2019 was one was our biggest year yet, raising over a half a million dollars. We are able to support families to a level that actually brings support. You know, every dollar counts when you're helping a family that's that's undertaking an incredible financial burden. But when you run into a found or a charity like Bray of the Shave that is able to help to a significant level, you are you can physically see the relief of stress come off of that mom or that dad when you tell them that we yes we you know what we're going to pay your mortgage bill oh that 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 two thousand dollar medical bill that's hanging over your head we're going to take that off your plate your car is not running let's let's shop for a new car you know let's 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 those are the kind of things that we can do now and it is i mean being that we did bring it, i did bring up 2020 that's the terrifying thing with something like a bad year. We don't carry over funds in case there's a global pandemic. Never crossed our minds. <laughs> so uh, so a lot of the funding's gonna have to cut. 
we've we've been able to sponsor incredible grants through the Andrew McDonough Be Positive Foundation that Mike mentioned earlier with Joe McDonough. I mean, you can little Bismarck, North Dakota, Brave the Shave is a charity here. And you can call the uh, uh, Harvard or Yale, or you can call the University of Seattle, and you can talk to a lead investigator MD that's working on cutting edge cancer therapy and if you look at the document, it says sponsored by Bray of the Shave. That to me, I mean, seriously, that gives me chills that we're able to do those things. So we raised a half a million dollars. We're able to help families, we're able to help research. It's a drop in the bucket of what needs to be. What I would love to see is I'd love to add another zero behind that and not make this just North Dakota. Make it Minnesota, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota. Let's grow this. Let's make it bigger. Let's help more families to a bigger level and let's fund more critical research to, to, to halt more kids having to go through this. Mike and I joked that, that it, someday we hope to be out of business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Some of the things that, were, that, that are being found with the CAR T cell therapy and, and these other types of treatments are literally game changers so i'm we are very hopeful on all that but that needs funding and i know it sounds like a broken record everybody says this needs funding that needs funding right the national cancer institute has billions of dollars that they put towards cancer research every year four percent is dedicated to pediatric cancers combined there's been one or two sorry two therapies brought to market to treat any pediatric cancers in the last 25 years. That's terrifying. So in order to, to find, to fund research, it needs to be private fundraisers like Brave the Shave. So I know, I know you, you, you hit a, you hit a, a obviously uh, a question that I'm very passionate about, <laughs> but uh, helping more and more families helping them to a higher level, bringing them the emotional support through other other family members and funding critical pediatric cancer research. And uh, we could do, we could just do so much more. Sometimes it does feel like a little bit of a broken record. Everybody needs funding. There's always, there's never enough resource and there never is. And I don't ever think that we should, you know, get into competition with people who are doing absolutely good work. But I can always say, when one of the stories that is so compelling um, is the story of when we ended up buying a car on the spot for the family trying to get to the appointment that gets in a car wreck that, you know, I mean, cancer doesn't discriminate. It just doesn't. And it can hit a family that's prepared and it pretty much tears them apart. And, you know, it can hit a family that's already busting at the seams. They're already struggling. And that's where I've seen the biggest impact. Uh, you know, sometimes don't have a family, sometimes don't have that friend network, but the family fund and the ability to bring them resources right when they need it, that means something. It means something right then, right there. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's not hard to be able to make the argument that, hey, if, if you feel like you can spare something, this family needs it and they need it now. This happens all the time. I mean, literally, 
uh, multiple times a month, if not every week, there's something that comes up that is critical need. It is right now. And we're able to get on the phone and make it happen. Today, we have a family that is uh, maxed out with us this year. So we, we put up, we put, we do, you know, we have to put some sort of a cap on how much we can help each family. And this individual family has, has reached that and, and, and it starts over each year. Well, I received a, a, a text that's saying, we all have COVID. We haven't been able to work for a month. I'm two months past due on my car. They're going to come take it. I owe 200 and I think it was $281. I don't have $281. They're going to take my car away. And I can't work because my entire family has COVID and we've been locked down for, it's been, I think it was three weeks or a month. So I, I just, it would, in one thing that we've always said is whenever we have a family that does reach that type of maximum, you know, you know what, you hit it, but we're still here. If there's an emergency, if there's a critical thing, if there's something, we're never going to just let you lose your car or 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 lose your house we're gonna figure something out whether it's through brave the shave or we call a partner foundation or partner not a partner but mm-hmm. a fellow charity that helps children with cancer and say hey can you help these guys we try to do everything we can and today it was just like that we got it approved through baby yep we're gonna go we're gonna do that we're gonna cover that car payment we're not gonna let these guys lose their car and uh she wrote me a text right back when I told her it was approved and she was just, I mean, just overwhelmed with appreciation that, and that's what you're talking about. These guys, they don't have $281. It's not like, it's not a, it's not a $3,000 bill. They don't have $281. So yeah, not only does cancer doesn't discriminate, neither does COVID. And so COVID all of a sudden got a family with cancer. So we don't have a car. We can't get our kid to his medical appointment. These are the choices families are having to make, and it's just stunning. Um, but that is sometimes, unfortunately, the way it is, and whatever we can do about it, we try. Um, but that is the unique thing with Brave the Shave. It That's is. That's one thing that, that, that makes Brave the Shave different. Can you pick up a phone and text somebody and – and, and make that happen on the fly or the, the family that got in a car accident and we bought a car at Corwin Churchill in Fargo, sight unseen by us or the family, and we made that happen. So those are the, that's, so that's something that we were, we're very proud of. Thank you for listening. More importantly, thank you for being a part of the conversation surrounding our kids and their families. We hope you've been inspired to be a part of our community through your financial and emotional support. Please visit BraveTheShave.net or our Facebook page to learn more about our kids and their incredible journeys and donate. Since 2006, the people of Brave the Shave have been working to support children with cancer and children's cancer research. We hope someday to be done with our work, but for now, please go to BraveTheShave.net and be brave this week. Thank you.